Well, after some after some heated discussion about college football, we're here to talk about NFL. I'm sure we'll disagree on things again. I will defend my dogs. Um, yeah, but before we get into NFL, I, I just realized there's something going on in the in the world of sports that's kind of nuts. Uh, the whole Novak Djokovic getting his visa now canceled for the second time. Uh, you know, I just, I have to, we had this discussion before on the podcast, correct? Where we said, is he still the best if he's a dick? And, and uh, what I'm going to say is, I don't necessarily think, and let me finish my sentence because it's going to sound like I'm defending Novak Djokovic. I'm not. I don't necessarily think that this is Novak Djokovic's fault. I think that he has whatever he's doing, which is dumb and not necessarily the best things. But how do you, as ATP Tennis Australia and the Australian government, in the biggest sports event in your country, in your continent, right, not get this sorted out before he <laughs> lands in Australia? Like, you guys obviously didn't have a conversation about what's cool, what's not, in terms of, of the COVID regulations. And now Djokovic, you know, who took specific actions that, you know, hurt his case for sure, uh, but now it just feels like a kind of circus down there. And granted, I think some of it's because there's some misinformation that is coming from Djokovic's camp about what his vaccination status is and was and and, and when he got COVID and, and what, what the whole situation was. But I just think it's been so poorly handled by everybody. And I know people are attacking Djokovic and rightfully so because, come on, it's 2022. Like, how are you not vaccinated? Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that the the government bodies and organizations in charge also like bungled this one because they wanted Djokovic to play and they try to give him special treatment. Don't give him special treatment. You have rules. Just institute them. That's it. Like, I don't know why, why you're trying to like run around it. And uh, it's just, I woke up to the news today about the second visa cancellation. I'm like, great. Just, just get him out of there. Don't like do this whole like thing where now you reinstate it again. And now it's just ridiculous. I, I think it's hilarious. I hope it never ends. Even when he got this, like reinstated and he was like going to play, I was like, this is so funny to me. Like the whole thing is just hilarious to me. And like I saw some people just be like, I can't believe you made Jovek, Djokovic take a 20-hour flight and now you won't let him in. It was like, I bet it wasn't a 20-hour flight and I bet you that flight was sick as shit. So Yeah, uh, I bet it was the nicest flight any of us I has ever you, taken. Yeah, I bet you if you would have gone on that flight, you would have been like, I want to be on here for 20 hours. Let's never leave. So I Yeah, let's live on this okay. plane. Um, but yeah, there does, like, there does seem to be like a lot of just miscommunication between both sides because it seems like he thought he had <laughs> gone through the necessary things and then the, the government being like, no. And I know he was pretty, as normal, outspoken and kind of a d- dick about uh, – some like quarantine stuff earlier and during like COVID and stuff uh, in Australia. So I could see Australia also just being like, we don't like you, Novak Djokovic. So we're going to make this difficult on you. But it is, it's the funniest thing to me because I like, I do know Australia has pretty strict immigration and, and import export, all that stuff. Like I, they are very tight on it, but it's so fun because like, I don't really care what happens. Like, I think you should just get vaccinated. So I'm not really going to have a dog in the fight of you, like, being let in or not. But I also don't really care what Australia does. So just, like, this hilarious you can, you can't, is, uh, it cracks me up. 
Yeah, you're just sitting here with some popcorn enjoying the show, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a win-win for me because either Novak goes and probably wins or Novak doesn't. And there's a lot of good tennis players that aren't Novak. That would be kind of fun to see who would take it home if he wasn't there. That is true. It would create some interesting interesting scenarios. Of, uh, but yes, also, he tournament. is still the greatest, even if he's a dick. No, 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 for sure. That wasn't me saying now no, he's I know, not. I know. I'm, no. <laughs> it's funny, though, that we had that conversation about him, and then recently, uh, I can't remember the journalist's names, but the one journalist being like, I'm not voting for Rogers. He's a jerk. Which, like, yeah. yeah, he kind of is, but doesn't really have anything to do with being the MVP. It's not the Walter Payton Award. Right, and, you know, it's like we treat athletes with such – gloves that they're allowed to do anything because they're athletes but all of a sudden i'm not going to vote for them because they're not a good person it doesn't make any sense to me like like either either like before every game you go hey did you yell at that guy because then you're not playing then you're not playing you know like that's not how this works like it's it it truly does not matter whether you're a nice person when it comes to athletics does it help sure in the grand scheme of how we view you fine But at the end of the day, Isaiah Thomas is still a great point card of history, regardless of what, you know, he did or said or anything like that. Adrian Peterson and Lawrence Taylor are NFL MVPs, (laughs) if I remember right. And uh, I think both of them did things a lot worse than just kind of being a jerk. Right. Didn't, I mean, what's his name? Killed a guy, didn't he? What's uh, the Ravens, the Ravens. uh, Ray Lewis. (laughs) Ray Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis killed a guy. You know, we don't want to get too much slander on oh place. i'm not ray lewis come on i have i'm a nobody don't come and hunt me down i don't want to upset <laughs> I'm a, yeah mostly i i don't want to upset uh he wasn't uh what he i think that was the soup the year that won the Super bowl yeah for sure for sure yeah. no i mean it's so. it's definitely an interesting conversation but it doesn't have anything to do with their sports merit and Djokovic is still best tennis player regardless and rogers should still win the mvp um oh nice so. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. Discussion. We will. We will get into it. No, for sure. But but I don't think we disagree on that one. We don't Hell disagree yeah. on that one. Um, what if I'm just like Jonathan Taylor all the way? I wish I could say <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. I really do. That would be really fun. Too bad. I mean, we'll talk about that too. Yeah, too bad. I can't, that he... <laughs> no, I can't even, like jokingly do it. Like now, just like no, he didn't. No, he didn't make the playoffs. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, before we talk about teams who made and didn't make the playoffs, let's talk about the coaching carousel that has happened in the last week and a half because it's been nuts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some coaching openings and firings, and you just give me some thoughts about who might replace them and, and the move itself. Let's start off in Houston. The Texans went 4-13, and which was a surprise considering you know all the Sean Watson things that happened in the offseason and, and having to play with Davis Mills. Um, but they fired head, co- head coach David Culley after one year. Seemed a little harsh considering all the things that he was able to do with that team despite the team that he received as a coach. Uh, you know, there's a couple names already going up. Most of them are ex-Patriots or current Patriots uh, coordinators. Nick Casario, obviously moving from the Patriots to the Texans in the last offseason, seems to be having a big impact on the search. Brian Flores on that list. Josh McDaniels on that list. Gerard Mayo, the linebacker coach for the Patriots, currently on that list. Eric Bieniemy is an option as well. Uh, do we think it was a fair move to fire David Culley after one season? I mean, Davis Mills was really good. The Texans weren't as crap as, as always, and it was one year. No, not at all. But I believe that David Culley gets like $22 million still. 
And so I just think that David Coley fleeced the Texans. At first, I was really upset that about about him getting firing because it was kind of like, what'd you expect? Like, if this dude won, like, like you said, like four wins is probably more than I would have given him at the start of the year, with the, considering like the situation they were in. Uh, but I know he's getting a nice payday, so I'm good. Good for him. Out of all the, I mean, there's like eight hirings in total. I think this is like easily the worst job. This is the job I would not want to take. Um, just because of the situation they are they're in, um, quarterback wise, and like not really showing a lot as, as as happy as I am for David Coley for getting his his payday. Like as a coach, you've seen how the ownership treats a, a coach like that. It can't instill a lot of faith in you. But I think it would be smart to get just like kind of a a patriot defensive kind of guy, like a Brian Flores or or a Gerard Mayo, a guy who's who's really gonna kind of build build a culture up there. Um, and, and start with the defense and build from there. Um, but, yeah, I, out of all the eight head coaching jobs, this is the one I would not want. Agreed. And you're also not out of the Deshaun Watson mess yet, right? If you had traded him already and you were just starting from scratch, that would be one thing. But right. you're still not out of that mess. And, and that just makes everything – No, 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 no. Never. And that's for anybody ever again. I don't think he will, unless it's some team that's so, so desperate. Um, and I just can't see any team I mean, you bet you being can, that you desperate. You can uh, bounce back from a lot. It'll be more if any criminal stuff. Right, I, I mean, just my, feel my, like My Vic came back after. Like, that's true. The NFL is the place of – the fact that, like, we're, we're even being like, will Antonio Brown get signed by another team shows you all you need to know about the NFL. Right. Yeah. I mean, no one's defending the NFL when it comes to letting people off the hook for things that are not the best in, in their ac- action catalog. Uh, let's go to the another surprising firing, but much more surprising. Brian Flores gets fired from Miami after going 9-8 and eight with a seven-game win streak and being in playoff contention almost until the very end of the season. Kind of crazy considering what he's done despite Tua being injured and and you know having a really good defense, and and he he literally looked like he was onto something there. You know, is he going to challenge the Bills and Patriots next season? I wasn't saying that, but they were doing pretty well. And Brian Flores had cultivated the kind of culture down there that you want. He gets fired kind of randomly. He's kind of the top coach in these jobs now. Who you know? Who do you think would benefit the most from Brian Flores as a coach? Uh, I think Flores could help a, a lot of different teams. Um, I hadn't really thought of him like specifically dolphins wise. Uh, yeah. I mean, just like such a shock kind of move to make. Um, and it seems like mostly came because they're picking Tua over him because he was trying to move to get Deshaun Watson, which I don't blame you, Brian Flores. If I could have Deshaun Watson instead of Tua, I would pick Deshaun Watson every time. That is 100%. the correct choice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, like dolphins wise, I think they clearly want to go offensively. Um, so a place where like, I mean, I'm always going to bring up Eric Bieniemy's uh, name. Uh, I think Byron Leftwich as well would probably make a lot of sense being down there in uh, in Florida. Although I know he'll probably get linked with the Jaguars' job the most, um, being ex quarterback there. But um, yeah, Florida. Harbaugh. Florida's a tough one. I, I think. I think it, it, like. I think the Bears need to probably go more offensive. I think the Vikings would be a good place to to get a defensive coach. I think offensively they're. They're sitting pretty well, but like you just had a defensive coach with Mike Zimmer. Um, maybe the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders. Yeah. But if like, can you move on from 
Scarpaccia. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Especially what with what the Raiders do this offseason might kind of de- determine what that ends up being. You know, if they do surprise the Bengals and make a little run, which you know, like you, you got to give them the job then, right? Like, yeah, you, you got to give them the job. You yeah, it's a season that was like embroiled in more drama than any team ever has been. Like they had two massive. Like if one of those things happened to your team, you'd be like, "Shit, we are in a." a shit storm and hmm. they had two yeah it was really rough for them um but dolphins obviously they're gonna have to make a, a great pick here because the flores firing was not popular so we'll second, see what they do second worst job opening they're in a little better position than the texans because they do have a young quarterback even though i'm not a two a believer but god you want to talk about not having any faith in like an owner having faith in you what how many did you come to that? You're like, look what Brian Flores did. And they're like, nope. Nope. Nine and eight's not good enough. Nine and eight's not good enough. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see with Dolphins. A not surprising firing that happened uh, kind of a little bit longer ago, but we're going to talk about it because it's an open seat. You just mentioned it. The Jaguars uh, fired Urban Meyer, obviously, earlier this season. It seems like Bill O'Brien is a top candidate after coaching the off- offense of Alabama uh, this past season. My question is about Bill O'Brien. Number one, do you think he gets his job? And if not, do you think he becomes an NFL coach next season? Uh, I don't think Bill O'Brien gets this job. I think I think Byron Leftwich is more likely. I think Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the Packers' offensive coordinator, he's his time down in Jacksonville. Um, I think those guys are a little more likely. Uh, I kind of would be surprised if Bill O'Brien got a job this cycle. Um. I know it happens quickly for all those Alabama guys, and I do think Bill O'Brien is could be a better head. Like I think Bill O'Brien could be a better head coach than he showed. I'm like I think him being also the general manager in Houston was what was really the horrible decision. Like he wasn't a general manager, and it clearly showed uh, with his decision making, and it affected his like job as a head coach as well. Um, but no, I don't. I don't see Bill O'Brien getting hired. I agree. I don't think that – I think there are enough good other candidates. It is It is an interesting coaching cycle because there's no, like, top candidate that everybody – I mean, Brian Flores maybe now, but I don't think – I think there's a lot of good candidates, and it's really going to depend on what teams need offensively, defensively, stability-wise, kind of risk-wise. And that's so – That's always a tough thing about the head, like, NFL. There's always, like, a few offers, of course, like Kellen Moore and Lethwich and being to me, like, those guys buzz around. But, like, a lot of times it's just, like, each cycle, like, like now Harbaugh's name is in this one. And Bill O'Brien, like, they're always, you never know who's going to be coming up. And it's also, too, like, it's kind of tough to be, like, is there a top option? Because, like I said, like, if I was a team that needed offensive, like, more offensive focus, like the Bears, like, I would want a guy who's really going to be able to help Justin Fields. I wouldn't want Brian Flores. Like, I, I don't think that helps my team right now. So, it is all very case-by-case case kind of basis. Also, Jaguars are my third third best head coaching opening. You got Trevor Lawrence, okay. and you probably have the longest leash. Like, the Jags do not want to fire another head coach that quickly, right? Like, mm. they just don't. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, it is, I think it's a good position as well, and I think Trevor Lawrence showed that it's, it's still a good quarterback. I, there was some questions, obviously, midway, not about his future, but just about how good he was. Uh, coming off his first season, and I think he answered those, especially towards the end of the season. Uh, yeah, Brian Flores, I- I- I'll kind of bring him up because I think he'd be a good coach. Um, 
I think he'd be a good coach for the uh, for the Giants to to hire. I really do. I just and I just and not because obviously they need offensive help, um, and and he's not the offensive guy. But I just think he he brings a good culture with him, and the Giants need a good culture. Yeah. They need a good culture, and I think that you bring Brian Flores in. How many GMs are going to attract with that? How many good GMs you can attract with Brian Flores as your coach? I think that that is kind of important for them as well to get the right coach. Um, and I think bringing that attitude of Brian Flores doesn't want Tua to New York, you can get rid of Daniel Jones then, and you need to. So at that point, you bring Brian Flores in, and Brian Flores is like, I don't want you. And I think, I think honestly, I think I that's the way they need you. to go. I mean, that's what he's going to say. If we didn't want Tua, why is he going to want Daniel Jones? He's not going to. <laughs> like, that's just never true. technically said he didn't want Tua. He just uh, wanted Deshaun Watson more than Tua, right? Yeah, well, he's gonna want Deshaun Watson more than more than Daniel Jones too. <laughs> Nobody wants Deshaun Watson anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, the Giants fired Joe Judge after a dismal four-win season. What was supposed to be Daniel Jones' make-or-break year? They need a fresh start and a top GM coach pair to get them there. Question remains over Daniel Jones: um, Is his future kind of linked to who they coach? Are they trying to put him like as the quarterback for this pair to come in and coach? We'll see. Probably not in my eyes. I think that, you know, regardless of this season being a lot of Joe Judge's fault, I think that it still was his year to, to prove it, and he didn't. So I think he's kind of, they're going to move on. I don't know how, um, you know, but I think that they are going to move on if it's not this season, the next season. And um, I don't know how much he can do to save his job at this point, even if he performed well. Obviously, there's the, the if he gets two offensive linemen, all of a sudden the offensive line is great, and he's great, and Saquon's great, and Kenny Galladay doesn't get injured. <laughs> if all those things happen, bless you, um, then uh, then maybe, but I think. Right. Short-term, it, I mean, always, always short-term memory loss. If he, if he goes and throws 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and gets the Giants into the playoffs, then, all right. Sure. Hey, you had to take those tough bumps as a, as a young quarterback. We're glad you've made it. Like, it, all, all is quickly forgiven in the world of sports as long as you win uh but yeah i think i think we both agree that we don't really see that happening right exactly uh another job you mentioned it bears another team a lot of gm coach pair firings uh bears fire matt Nagy and ryan pace about time you're right two years too late uh they kind of messed up that quarterback room for a long time they have a good quarterback uh in justin fields obviously how good remains to be seen top candidates include byron left which we've mentioned dan quinn Obviously, the Cowboys' uh, defensive coordinator uh, is one as well that's floating around. Todd Bowles' defensive coordinator um, for the uh, Bucks as well is 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 floating around, and Doug Harbaugh. Peterson and Harbaugh. But Doug Peterson is also kind of floating around there. Uh, former Eagles coach to come back. Um, what do you think the Bears need to do here? You you mentioned it a little bit, but. Let me also ask you, because you've been bringing it up, how good of a job is this, the Bears, that you I want think, to come so, to? I think so, yeah. I was going to say, Giants ahead is the sixth best, uh, just because it is such a mess. Like, it, it's probably as much of a mess as the Texans, and probably not as much as the Dolphins, but still going to be in New York. And, you know, Bears, I've got this as the, as the number two uh, best job opening. Uh, another, you know, major market, uh, a young quarterback who I think, like, I don't think Justin Fields is one of those guys who is for sure going to be a star. But I think if you get the right coach and give him the right coaching that he needs, I think he can be. I think he's got all the tools to be a star. Um, so I, I think you got to go with an offensive coach. Um, the division, too, I mean, like, you know, you look at the division, like how much longer is Aaron Rodgers going to be 
in Green Bay. The Vikings are, are looking for a coach themselves. They're not doing all that hot. Um, and the, the Lions are the Lions. Um, so, yeah, but I, I, I'd go offensive. I, I think Harbaugh would be a great hire if they can get him because I, I think – I understand people being concerned about him and his quarterback play in Michigan. Um, but I, I I remember more of his – his pro days, especially like Kaepernick, like if he could do some of that stuff with fields, that'd be a very, very scary offense. Yeah, I agree. I think John Harbaugh would be a great pick there. I also, I also like, um, I like the Byron Leftwich pick as well. Uh, I think that could be also good. And I haven't heard Eric Bieniemy, but also I, like you said, we always mention his name because he needs to be a head coach already. And I think he would bring a good culture to any team that he comes to, especially one with the Bears that really need one. Um, Denver fire Vic Fangio earlier this season as well. Uh, Eric Bieniemy's name's been thrown around. Dan Quinn, Gerard Mayo as well, and Nathaniel Hackett, offensive quarter for the Packers, like you mentioned. Do Denver still want Rodgers? Seems obvious that they do. Uh, what? Where does this job land? I mean, they got they're a good co- for me. They're a good coach and maybe a quarterback away. So they're my number four, and the only, the reason they're low is because they're that quarterback away. And I know they'll be aggressive and try to get Rodgers, but that like that's a lot of wishful thinking. And like like I'm not saying it can't happen, but like to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna get Aaron Rodgers seems like a silly thing to like bank on. Um, and finding a good quarterback is kind of the hardest and most important thing. You're right; they got a really good defense. I think the the receiver options are all young and talented. Um, they got a really strong, solid running game. So like they've got all the pieces, but. They don't have the quarterback, and, and until they do, like, I, I just think, like, having quarterback stability, even in the sense of, like, I've got a young guy to work with or, you know, Kirk Cousins is is kind of the most important thing. I did – I was going to put Vikings number four, Broncos five, but I'll, I'll put Broncos four, though. I'll put them above the Vikings. Okay, so Vikings, um, let's move to them. Fire Mike Zimmer and general manager Rick Spielman after an eight and nine season, even though they have these star receivers, a star running back. No word on them yet who's necessarily the top candidates. Uh, they have a great team. Obviously, Cousins is not necessarily the the best quarterback in the world, and obviously their defense underperformed. But I think in my head, and I'm not saying that there's been any rumors about this, but you know who the Vikings remind me of? They kind of remind me of, of, of the Browns a little bit. You know, they got playmakers, and I think if you can get a good coach that can kind of coach the the quarterback into a playmaking position where Cousins has to do maybe a little less, uh, I think they could get them to where they want to be. Uh, so I think Stefanski would be a good hire. Um, but besides that, not a lot of words on what the Vikings want to do. And firing the coach and the GM, despite having you know a lot of talent on the team, kind of muddles the picture about what they want to do. So what do you think the Vikings are looking for? Well, let me, I want to ask you first, would you leave Cleveland to go coach this Vikings team? Would I leave Cleveland to go? Would I leave Cleveland to go coach Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson? Yeah, like as, as Stefanski, would you leave the job you have to go to Minnesota? I mean, the Browns' job isn't all that promising, so yeah, I think I would. All right, <clears throat> you I, would I, you not at all. The Browns have the Browns. Both these teams seem to be quarterbacks away, but the Browns also have like kind of an elite, not elite, but a pretty good defense, and the Vikings have a shit defense. I, I see what you're saying about the Vikings. The reason they're five on my list and not lower is because Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook, are, they're incredible, but they've had those guys, and, and they had Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs beforehand, which I know the relationship wasn't always great, but like you had two 
great receivers and a great running back. Like they've had them for several years and haven't done anything. And and so I, I do think the biggest question is, is Kirk Cousins your guy? I don't think he is, but you got one more year with him and then he's out of contract. So it's kind of like, might as well roll with him, see what we do. And that, but that defense needs a whole lot of help. They, they can't stop anyone. They, they don't have a good run defense and their pass defense is, is horrible. So they, so you, so you, it's, huh? you, you think maybe a coach like Brian Flores would do well there then? Yeah, I think Flores would be a good coach there. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they need because yeah, I think this is like the opposite situation of the Bears. Like the Bears, you know, defensively they're strong. They need a lot of offensive help. The the Vikings, you at least know they're offensively strong enough with the weapons they have, but their defense needs a lot of help. So yeah, I, I would say more of a defensive kind of coach. Okay, so who's your number one then? You've given me all these numbers. Who's Raiders, your number one? Baby. Raiders all the way. <laughs> I mean, Raiders got, all the way. It's, I mean, it's a playoff team. You've got a quarterback. I mean, as I said earlier, the biggest commodity in this league is a successful quarterback, and you would have a quarterback there who has taken a team literally to the playoffs. Um, and I think they've got a lot of good weapons and and good pieces there that need just need to be built on. The defensive line is really really strong, so you build up that linebacking core and those um, uh, those defensive backs and, and kind of. I, I, I think really offensively, you probably just need to kind of shore up that offensive line a little bit. I think Josh Jacobs is a great running back, and you kind of have a lot of solid weapons um, offensively. Maybe you need more of a wide receiver one, but I think that's easily like the most complete team and uh, um, closest to, to really, you know, I mean, they're already competing, so you're not really taking over a, a team that like you have to build up that much. And kind of similar to the Jaguars uh, um, situation, like I – I don't think the Raiders want another bad head coach. The Raiders usually don't care too much about that stuff. Like, if any team will probably not give that much of a shit, it'd be the Raiders. But, like, I think they would like this next head coaching hire and everything to to go better. So I, I think you'll have a little bit longer of a leash again. Right, a longer leash. I mean, a lot of uh, we'll see where a lot of these teams decide to put their leash next. Um, I think that... It's going to be really interesting. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of decisions made soon and a lot of decisions that take more time uh, as the playoffs unwind. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. A lot of interesting openings and uh, a lot of coaches to make predictions about and see them crumble. So as always, that is fun. And uh, we'll see who moves around. See how many and, of these and... uh, teams are hiring coaches again soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> All right, well, then let's move into our main topic for the day. Uh, obviously, besides college football championship, which we talked in our last hour. The playoffs, the wild card round, NFL playoffs are here. So excited. We were talking before we started uh, recording today about how the wild card round is the, you know, the most favorite round to watch because there are so many scenarios. And especially this year, there doesn't feel like a lot of, te- a lot of these games there's a lot of teams that are so underdogs that they, they po- can't possibly win, despite the lines being kind of huge for these games uh, in a, a couple of these games. Uh, but yeah, we got interesting NFC matchups. We got interesting AFC matchups. We got a we got a couple of number one seeds waiting in the wings. Obviously, the Packers and the Titans. I forgot who it was for a second because I still can't believe it's the Titans. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, they are there. Did you forget who the number one seed was in the NFC? Oh, now I put my tone, my computer in, so I can't turn it enough to see the G. Dang it! Oh, and, no, he was trying to he was trying to do a good move, but uh, 
didn't work out. But I said to Packers, I, 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 you try to pull a move, didn't quite work. Um, but yeah, let let's start in the NFC. Your Packers waiting with the number one seed. Uh, three really interesting games. I think the NFC is just loaded with these interesting games that can be upsets or not, depending on how you're viewing these teams. What do we got going on at wild card round in that division? Yeah, like you said, Packers sitting there at home this weekend with the number one seed, second consecutive year for them. <clears throat> Bucks at the two, who will be taking on the number seven seed Eagles. You got the three seed Cowboys going up against the Niners at the six seed. Uh, and then a divisional battle between the four and five seeds as the Rams are hosting the Cardinals. Uh, so the, like you said, a lot of good matchups. I mean, I think Rams Cardinals it feels like a big toss up and, I know a lot of people come into the week, uh, me especially when at the start of the week was high on on the Niners being able to pull off the upset to the Cowboys. Now that one does feel so like that's been talked about so much that I don't think it's going to happen. Like once and <laughs> once I've said, it's like those March Madness upsets where they're like, this is the upset to pick. And like everyone's saying it, then you know that that upset isn't going to actually occur. So right. uh, I've got less faith in that one. But um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good matchups. I got a question, Yannick. Out of Aaron Rodgers, uh, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, which quarterback mm. do you think is under the most pressure in the NFC playoffs? Oh, I I, I think that's easy. Be, and here's why. Let me just discount. Aaron Rodgers, like regardless of the offseason thing, we're, we're talking about him, double MVP, um, probably on the way. And, and while... And I and yes, while like him not making it to the Super Bowl and losing the NFC Championship game, that's kind of a lot of pressure. I still think that he's the kind of guy that just doesn't. It, the pressure's not there. If he loses again, no one's gonna hit on Rogers' legacy. You know what I mean? Rogers isn't gonna. He's gonna either stay at the Packers or move to another team and still be Aaron Rodgers, and no one's gonna blame it on him. Um, with Dak Prescott, you know there are still questions about this Cowboys team, as dominant as that defense has been. You know, how dominant are they without the takeaways? I don't really know. And any time a team is takeaway dominant, but not necessarily defensively dominant otherwise, I'm not really sure. And we've seen them kind of go up and down sometimes. We see Dak's play. We don't, no one's saying like this is make or break for Dak. So again, if they lost this game, we know it's a bad matchup. I don't think his legacy is tarnished. However, a team that went out and got a quarterback and, oh, and let me just say Brady is Brady. His legacy has nothing to do with anything. A team that went out and got a quarterback and sold the farm to win the Super Bowl this year is Matthew Stafford. And like, say what you want about he's been good. He's also had some clunkers. And so if he goes in and loses in this first round against the Cardinals, the Rams, they need to win this game. They need to win this game because otherwise you're looking at your team and it's like, okay, what now? You know, like, what do we do? We don't have any future. This is our future right here. We made, so I we think, made all the moves. Like, what yeah. do we do? Right, exactly. Every other team, there's I'm not, not excuses necessarily, but there's scenarios where things may happen and, and stuff like that. But the Rams have had a disappointing season, not because they made the playoffs or they didn't have enough wins, but because they've been so inconsistent, even though they have these defensive stars and these offensive stars and this quarterback that was supposed to take you to the next level. They don't look any more dominant than they've been in the past. So it kind of makes you feel like, you know, Matthew Stafford has something to prove in this game and they have a hard matchup. So we'll see what happens. But I think Matthew Stafford is under the most pressure of those four quarterbacks. I I completely agree. And like you said, Brady, there's none. Of course, there is some with Rodgers in the sense of like, will he 
compound like expand on on the legacy that he has and and like his his own argument for greatness um but you're right there's not like it's more the stakes of like what are you going to add to your legacy not like how are you going to tarnish it and deck i think there's still time i mean if they lose the niners it's not gonna be a great look but i I don't think i like there wouldn't be like me pushing the panic button if stafford and the rams lose the first round even like depending on what they do maybe in the divisional round uh but certainly if they lose the cardinals like it it's like you said what what do we do now like we have tried like we've we've done all the moved all the pieces around we've got all the players we were supposed to get all like players that were supposed we just had a receiver who you know set records and still couldn't win like especially if they don't win a playoff game you know because that's always been the biggest knock against stafford like he needs to win at least win one game and if he doesn't like i, I truly think if the cardinals beat the rams this weekend then we can already say the experiment of matt stafford in a rams uniform is over like i i truly believe that like i, I don't think they come back next year or the year after that and win a super bowl like i, I think that it is through if they lose this week in arizona wow big statement i love it but you're right but you're right it is because stafford only gets older is cooper cup gonna have a better season no never in his life and and you got obj even mid-season to like prove a point about your team and you have jalen ramsey aaron donald supposedly at the top of their game and you're still losing games badly badly losing games you're you're not filling up your team in the draft Right, exactly, exactly. So you, this is the team you get, and and um, it, it does feel like very, it does feel very make or break for them, and it it's scary to say, but because I don't think the Rams are, I don't know, I don't think the Rams are gonna win. I don't, I, I don't think they're I, gonna I'm, win. I'm waiting, Cardinals. If they beat, if they beat the Cardinals, the experiment lasts. I'm not ruling them out completely for the next few years, but they lose to Arizona. I think I think it's done. All right, Jan, uh, which of the NFC games are you most excited about? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm most – it's kind of a toss-up. I agree. I had the same effect that was had on me with the 49ers-Cowboys where I was like, this is the most exciting game, and then everybody said that, and I was like, eh, not exciting anymore. Um, <laughs> but I don't know why, sure but it is. happened. Yeah, for sure. But I think Cardinals versus Rams because of the pressure on Stafford and because we – like. Is there a more unknown team in this in this playoff team than the Cardinals? Like, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do when they go out there. I don't know if they're going to get schlacked. I don't know if if James Conner is going to run for five touchdowns for no reason. Which team like, is I don't, even going to show up? Yeah, I don't know which team is going to show up. So while I think that they have the talent to beat the Rams, um, I just it's such an interesting game, uh, and and I think it's going to go a long way to determine number one if the Rams experiment is still something we can count on, and number two if the Cardinals are a team that we can say contends, because of course in both of these divisions, I think every team maybe minus the Eagles and the Steelers can go to the Super Bowl. But I also, I, I put the Cardinals in like this limbo situation where I'm like, I, they have the talent and they've performed well, but also the teams that show up are so random that when they play in the Cardinals uniforms, like I don't really know what to expect. Yeah. Especially um, in the second half of the season. Right, exactly, and we and we didn't get to see Kyler Murray for the whole season, so you know it'll be seeing how he turns it on for this for this uh, for this playoff run. Uh, so I'm excited about that game. The Rams have a lot to prove. The Cardinals um, are are a good team to try to prove it against. And I think as much as we talked about the Stafford experiment failing, I think if the Rams go out there and make a statement, win against the Cardinals, 
you know, we can start to look at them as more of a contender and less of a, you know, desperate team trying to prove that, you know, they made the right moves. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, even even just one playoff win can can change that narrative. Can can be like, oh wait, no, okay, there's there's that Rams team we thought could could make a playoff run. Um, all right, so you went Rams Cardinals as much as I'd like to argue for uh, Eagles Bucks. I'll go Cowboys 49ers. Um, I, I think it really is maybe the game of the weekend. You could argue there's there's one in the AFC that that also has my interest a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm going Niners Cowboys. Partly because I just love the old, like, reminds reminds me of the, the 90s matchups that they had so many right. years and so many great games. So it just has a bit of a nostalgia feeling to it in the playoffs. Um, but also I just think, like, both these teams, the Cowboys looked great in that last weekend, um, but they're a team that have, have struggled for the most part uh, playing teams outside of their division. Um, and it's a Niners team who has looked sporadic at times, but right now – is looking maybe the best team in, in the NFL, just the way that they're playing. Um, and I think their styles are also very different in the sense of like Dallas really does want to throw the ball around and have it, keep it high, high pace and high scoring while the Niners are, are going to be more methodical with it and, and run that ball and, and make it work. And with that Niners defense, it, it makes me kind of have, think they have the edge, but like I said, it's been talked about so much as the upset to, to happen that as soon as that happens and then, then it, you make it like it just feels like well then that it can't happen so um but that is my my most exciting game of the week should we make some picks Jan? let us make some picks matt all righty we'll start which was the first what's the first game of this wonderful nfc weekend i believe it's uh eagles buccaneers it is yeah wow nfc doesn't get any love till sunday all right eagles hmm. buccaneers Bucks minus eight and a half. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Bucks to win, but I think the eight and a half line is is going to be covered by the Eagles. I just think that the Bucks are still dealing with a lot of injury concerns, and we don't know what that offense is going to look like. And the Eagles have have found who they are. You know, they they do know who they are, and they run who they are their team very well. Um, and the Bucks running defense, especially, has not been all that stout, which is the Eagles' strength. So I don't think the Eagles are going to go in there and beat them. But we saw the Bucks can be pushed by the Jets. They can be pushed by anybody. So I think Tampa, Tampa Tom's not going to lose, but it's not going to be a 10-point game. I think it'll be like a touchdown line. And at one point in the game, somebody's going to say something dumb like, could the Eagles win this um, because it's close? But, you know, I, I think the Bucks win, but Eagles cover that 8.5 spread. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Eagles, as you said, they, they have an identity, and, and I think – They'll be able to keep a, a Tampa defense that just hasn't been healthy. It hasn't been there all year on their toes enough to keep this game close for a bit. And, and just like the Bucks in general just have not been playing well. Uh, I mean, I know they ended up blowing out the Panthers, but they started that game pretty slow. Of course, needed a game. I mean, everyone's like, Tom Brady with a blah, blah, blah game-winning drive. I'm like, well, it's against the Jet. Like, he shouldn't have even needed to have the game-winning drive. Like, all well, he should have been out drives. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, I mean, yeah, like, dope that you've had that many game-winning drives, but, like, I don't know if I'd be tooting my horn about this one. Um, but I do think – I don't see Tom letting them lose. The Eagles are, are so much overmatched uh, in, you know, basically every area of this game, um, but particularly quarterback where I think Tom leads him to the win, but I agree. I got the Eagles covering the plus eight. All right, we'll go. San Francisco-Dallas. Dallas favored by minus three. 
I'm taking the San Francisco money line, Jan. I'm taking the Niners. I'm, I'm going to stick with the upset. As soon as this matchup was, was uh, made up, I think I even said to you that I kind of like the Niners, and I'm sticking with that initial feeling. San Francisco wins in Dallas. I think San Francisco wins in Dallas as well. I think both teams have some X factors that can decide or, you know, you know, win or lose these games for the team. I think while the 49ers look like a bad matchup for the Cowboys and have been playing well, what kind of quarterback shows up for them is also going to make a big difference. What kind of Garoppolo shows up for them is going to make a big difference. So I think, you know, while this upset's being picked a lot, Dallas can obviously still win. Um, but I just think the 49ers, like the Eagles... They're like the Eagles, but they have more talent. They know who they are, and they have talented players. I think Debo Samuel is going to have a great game. Uh, and I think the Cowboys' defense is overblown, you know, because you do you do play so much. I mean, we talked about it. Trayvon Diggs, take the interceptions away. He's a terrible cornerback, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and, and I know that's crazy to say, but it reminds me of the Patriots. There's a Patriots player that's the same thing. J.C. Jackson, take away the interceptions. He's okay. You know, there's and never and, know. I don't think there's ever been someone though that has like such a you know, eleven interceptions, but then also I think over a thousand yards of like big plays. Like I don't think there's, I don't think statistically there's been a cornerback that's led the league in both those things ever. Right, and I think Micah Parsons is someone to look at as maybe a game changer if he can really dial in. But again, I I just think that the people are overblowing the Dallas defense, and and while they can definitely cause problems because Garoppolo's not the best quarterback in the NFC or anything. Um, I think the 49ers are too consistent and know what they're doing too well. And I think, honestly, I think this is going to be a close game, and I think it's finally going to happen. I think that, you know, your ex-Packers coach is going to lose the game for them. I think it's going to be close, and I think he's going to lose the game for them. I think Mike McCarthy— I think that's one of the biggest things. I think Shanahan's going to out-coach him. Yeah, Uh, and and are we surprised? Absolutely not. No. Shanahan out-coaches a lot of people, so it's, you know, to be fair. (laughs) All right, final NFC game. Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, first playoff game, I believe. And so, wait, no, maybe they had one last year. So far, I, I can't mm. remember. Regardless, minus four for the Rams. Who do you got, Jan? Oh, this is so hard. I've gone back and forth. Because here's the thing. I think the Cardinals win, um, and that's what I'm going to go with. But it's hard to say who will edge out. You know, I think the Rams still have – more talent despite their inconsistencies. And I think those players can all come into this game and make a big difference. And Cam Akers is back. That could be huge. We don't really know coming back from his injury. And the Rams need to win this game. And I tend to look at games that teams need to win as giving them an advantage, you know. But, I, you know, despite me not knowing the Cardinals, I just, I think that they have what they need. And again, I think a, a theme among the NFC wildcard games is teams that know who they are and teams that are struggling to be who they are. Cowboys, Rams, Bucks, you know, struggling to be who they are. Bucks obviously are out outmatched the Eagles, so we won't talk about that upset. And Eagles, 49ers, Cardinals, they do know who they are. I think they have a good idea of who they who they are, and the coach runs it pretty well. I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury, I trust him or anything, but I, I do think that they have an identity. And I trust Kyler Murray more than Matthew Stafford at this point. So I think Cardinals... Oh, uh, shots fired, I, I Stafford. Yeah, start, shots fired. Prove me wrong. I would love him to prove me wrong. Please do it. I mean, but Like I said, they got as many playoff wins as each other. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think that... I think that the Cardinals win this game. I'm going to take the four points. I think I, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals to cover that as well. So I think Cardinals win. Well, if you're taking uh, the Cardinals, t- you don't need them, they don't need to cover anything. 
Because oh right, it's the Rams that are right. Yeah. It's the Rams that are favored. Okay, so yeah. I take the Cardinals to win then for sure. I uh, this is one I've been going back and forth with a lot too, and and most of the week I've been leaving Cardinals because I was just like, man, the Rams have just been so inconsistent. They haven't played well, and then I was like, well, if there's any team that's been more inconsistent and haven't played well, it's the Cardinals. So I I am going to go with the Rams. I uh, I'll take the plus four. I'll take the plus okay. four with the Rams. Plus other plus also then we have at least one difference so far. Maybe we'll have different ones in the AFC, but. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we the will. NFC, we, were, we were completely uh, the same, and that's just we, – we can't have that. We can't have that. If Matt and I aren't arguing, what's this podcast even about? Yeah. It's just us, like, agreeing so with stupid. each other. That's that's boring. That's not what happens. Yeah. Um, that's gross. No, thank you. Uh, no, but it's going to be exciting NFC playoffs. You're right. We don't see it until Sunday, but Sunday we're going to find out some great stuff about that division, uh, and we'll see who represents the NFC in the Super Bowl. Moving from the NFC playoffs to the AFC playoffs, uh, again, a, a lot of interesting games, and we got here in an interesting way. Obviously, the NFC was a little more cut and dry. The AFC playoffs was wild up until the last game of the season. Um, the Steelers eliminating the Ravens in an overtime win. Uh, Titans beating the Texans in a close one to secure the AFC top seed. Uh, you had the Colts losing to the Jaguars on the final day to get bounced from the playoffs. I mean, not just a loss, but they only scored 11 points. They got 26 hung on them. Kicks Jonathan Taylor out of the MVP and offensive MVP conversation. And Carson Wentz is not certain to get the job now. Like, they're already saying we're not committed to him. And and what a difference that is from, like, a week previous. Uh, so... That that's a whole nother storyline that we'll be following. No, I, I don't know I'd ever be committed to Carson Wentz. Yeah, that was your. That, I, hey, I've been saying it. I, I I don't think he's your quarterback, regardless. But it was a big loss for them. And of course, we talked about it. Raiders beating the Chargers in a thirty-five to thirty-two overtime win to make the playoffs. Uh, they knock the Chargers out, even though the tie was a possibility. They could have just let the clock run and and been in the playoffs. But they said, no, no, no hit the field goal, send our rivals home. It was glorious. It was glorious. Well, they were going to just take the tie, and then the Chargers took the time out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... I uh, was like, we were, we were happy with the tie. We were fine with it. They took a time out, which stopped the clock, which like allowed for Josh Jacobs to make that next run and set up a win. And then it's like, well, shit, we might as well win now. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It was great football around and led to this AFC playoffs uh, I'll kind of uh, put the same question as you. We've got three AFC wildcard games. Which one are you most excited about? Uh, well, since I get to answer first this time, I'll go with the 4-5 matchup. I'll go Bengals-Raiders. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I think both teams, both defenses are pretty, uh-huh, and both offenses are pretty explosive. So I think we're going to get a lot, a lot of points. I don't know what the over is. I should look, um, and I should go put some money on it because I think there's going to be, I think it's just going to be a real high scoring affair, a um, nice quarterback duel between Burrow and Derek Carr. No, I agree. I think that's a great game. I, I, I have my dog in a race here, so I'm going to pick that game. But I also think it's a really interesting game. Patriots-Bills. Uh, it's the third game between the two. Uh, obviously, Patriots got the best in the first one. Bills got the best in the second. Another cold, cold game. Last time that happened, New England used it to their advantage. You got Bill Belichick uh, coaching in the playoffs. Always an exciting thing. Mac Jones, what can he do in this one? And you have Josh Allen 
And this Bills team, which needs to start proving, you know, that they are the better team. Obviously, they won the AFC East, and that's great. But they should be so much better than the Patriots right now. And if they lose to the Patriots in the playoffs, it, it, starts, to, it starts to wane on you a little bit. Um, so they need to kind of eliminate this ghost um, and, and win this trilogy. So I think that's going to be really exciting. I'm looking for which defense can make more plays as well. Uh, and it's, it's a de- rivalry clash in the, in the first round. Love it. You love to see it. There's a lot of, lot of uh, charged stuff in there. So I think that it's going to be great. But yeah, let, let's go through it. Um, Raiders versus the Bengals. Bengals are favored at five and a half. Obviously, Raiders, by beating this high, high, high-powered Chargers team in the last week of the season, showed that they're here to play uh, despite all of the stuff that's happened to them in the offseason. I think it's going to be a shootout between Derek Carr and Joe Burrow throwing for their lives. Um, you know, we saw Max Crosby and that, and that Raiders defensive line really cause problems for the Chargers, and we know that the Bengals' offensive line is not any better. So can they do a better job of, of, of dealing with that pass rush? Otherwise, we're going to see Joe Burrow on his back a lot, and, and how many plays is he going to be able to make if he has to worry about that all the time? Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of make picks as I go through the games here and we'll do this and I'll have you do the same. I think that the Bengals win. I do think that, that they are just in a groove right now. And I don't think it's five and a half. I think they win by a field goal. I think it's definitely a close one. I think it is a high scoring game. Like you said, I would definitely take the over. Uh, but yeah, I think Raiders cover the line, but Bengals win this one. Where are you seeing this one landing? I'm I'm gonna go with the Raiders. They they okay. were upset picks as well. I, I I got the Raiders plus five and a half. I think again. I think it'll be a pretty. Uh, or I guess I don't need the plus five and a half, do I? I'm going <laughs> now. I'm the okay. one getting confused. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just like I mean, I, like you said, I think it's gonna be a real real shootout. I looked at the uh, over under is I think forty nine and a half. I'd I'd take the over on that. I mean, I know that's a high one, but forty eight and a half. Pardon me. Uh, but I, I just think both these. Like we said, both these offenses are explosive. Both these defenses aren't all that great. Um, they do have some good defensive line play, but but that's about it uh, that can be said for them. So lots of points, and and I just think the most of the time in the playoffs, I'm going to take even though this is technically Derek Carr's first start as well, I'm going to take the more experienced quarterback. Um, and uh, I'm not going to go against history. 31 years, Bengals haven't won. I'm, I'm not going against that. That's. Nah, that's fair. When you have a streak like that, it's hard to, to assume that someone's going to break it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I had a feeling we were going to maybe disagree on that one. And, and it's always interesting when you have a playoff team between a team that isn't supposed to be there and a team that's, that, that showed that they belong there, you know, who makes it out, especially if the team who's been on fire has some kind of duck to break. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. And it's still a young team. I mean, like the Bengals are still one of those surprise teams. So it's a team that like, I guess, yeah, they've proved they deserve to be – I, I guess I, I think they both proved they deserve to be there. Um, but um, they, 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 it's a, a team that as good as they've looked at times, you still are, like, questioning because you're like, are, are you, have you guys really made that full step yet? So uh, it comes with youth. Yeah, comes with the youth. Uh, a, uh, someone who does not have youth and has a lot of experience, Bill Belichick of the Patriots. Uh, they play the Bills, like I said, third matchup with the Bills – Bills are favored at four and a half, rightfully so, after the Bills beat the Patriots in their last uh, meeting. It's game three between this one with a huge winner-takes-all mentality in a cold, cold game up in Buffalo. 
You know, last time New England, like I said, used that to their advantage. They were able to navigate the cold weather well. It played, I think, to their strengths. Kind of a question of which will prevail more, the Pats running game against a decent Bills defense or a Josh Allen-style Bills attack against a, a really good New England uh, defense. I think in that second game, we really saw Josh Allen doing the option plays, using his feet, making plays, uh, kind of almost Patrick Mahomes-like sometimes, obviously not with the same deafness, but you know, really doing his own thing and, and willing his, his team to a win. I also think, like I said before, which defense can make more plays? You know, which defense can get the takeaways? It was the Bills last time, um, and, and I think if the Patriots want to win, they have to win that category if there are any turnovers at all. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to be a homer here. I am going to be a homer, and it's okay because I think the Patriots have earned that respect this year despite their kind of rebuild status. Uh, they, they know how to play this Bills team. I think they got away from that in the second game. I think that they had a bad start to the game. And if they have another bad start, it's going to be really hard for them to come back. But I think they know that they have to just play it tight in the first half, really focus on stopping that run game, making Josh Allen make plays, and the secondary has to be up for the challenge. Uh, And then if they can keep it close, I think that Mac Jones makes just enough plays. So I'm taking the Patriots to win. Uh, They do have a, a good kicker who can kick in all conditions and has shown that. So I think Patriots win by a field goal. Uh, and knock the Bills off, and the Bills have to wait another year before before they can say that they have the upper hand on the Patriots. Did they not have the upper hand on the Patriots last year? They did, but I don't count last year. Last year we were figuring right. things out. Yannick's got, got, got a lot of asterisks when it comes to sports. I do. They don't really make any sense. Yeah, but, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going with the Bills here, and I think they cover. Um, I know the weather is supposed to be cold, but I don't think it's supposed to be a, a – windy snowstorm as it was in the first game where it was really tough for the bills to throw the ball. So I don't think that's going to really affect them at all. And both these teams playing cold weather year round. So neither, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, the Miami coming up to the five degree weather, both these teams are, are pretty used to it. Um, and so I think it really comes down to the bills are the better team. And Mac Jones looks like a pretty different quarterback when he's on the road. Um, if this was in new England, I think I probably would go to new England, but he is so much better at, at home than he is on the road. Um, that I think that's one of the biggest differences. And, and like you said, I think Josh Allen makes uh, enough plays, especially with his feet in this one, to get the Bills to win. Okay, there you go. And finally, you have Steelers versus Chiefs. This is the biggest line of the wild card weekend. It's 12 and a half the Chiefs are favored by. And, you know, I'm not saying that's completely out of the question. The Chiefs have been the best team in the AFC, even if they're not the number one seed uh, for a long stretch at the end there. And the Steelers made it by the skin of their teeth with a quarterback that basically said before the game, we're just happy to be here. Um, so I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah, it was great. No, no, no. It was, it was definitely great. Um, it's not that the Steelers don't have what they need. You know, they have still a decent defense. They have a good coach who's been there before. They have Najee Harris. They have playmakers. And Big Ben has won a Super Bowl. So you can't take that away from him, the experience that that gives. Um, but Chiefs are obvious favorites. Are you going? Are you going that the twelve and a half line is what my question is? I, I'm not. I, I agree. I mean, I think the, the Steelers have enough in them, and I think just who they are as a team, who Mike Conlon as a coach, like I think is are, are going to make this. Uh, are, are going to put up a fight where they make Kansas City work for it? Um, I think Kansas City probably controls the game for most of the game um, and wins by ten. But I, I don't have them making that uh, 
covering that 12 and a half. That's, just, right. that's just too, that's just a lot of points, especially for a playoff game. Right. I also had winning by 10. I also had winning by 10. And I think that uh, Steelers keep it respectable so Big Ben can go off in, in a nice little time uh, for the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, it, it is going to be the Chiefs game and move on. All right. So we agreed on most, but we disagreed in the AFC a lot with two. We disagreed on three total. So no matter what happens, one of us will have a better record. There if you we go. We agreed disagreed on two, you know, then we both could miss one and all that. But no matter what, someone will have the, the upper hand after the wild card. Yeah, and I have a lot of bets rolling for this weekend. So, you know, if I lose to you in, in picking, at least I hope my bets come through. That's what I'm that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, same. <laughs> that's that's my, I care about I care about my bets far more than I care about beating you. Right. I got I, mean, I got who do I got? I got Raiders, Bucks, Chiefs in a parlay, and then I think I've got just Niners money line so far. And then I'll probably I think Monday I'll probably go. I know I picked Rams here, but we'll see. We'll see what I'm feeling. Yeah. I might have to go money line with the uh with the underdogs. Yeah, we'll see. I, I picked three different parlays for all the games, so I got a lot of money riding on it. Obviously hard to hit. Um but I think I think money the money line games besides the besides the Pats winning, which I which I picked for that one, I think that I have a decent I have a decent roster there. And the total points I think I also have a good idea. I think Patriots Bills, I have them going under forty four. I think that's good because of the weather and because of the teams that they are. Uh, and for the Steelers Chiefs, I also think it's going to go under forty six and a half because I don't think that if the Chiefs start blowing them out, that the Steelers can keep up with them in a shootout. So I think that. Right. So I think that it's going to be under there as well. So we'll see what happens. Wishing the best. We have reached the quick fire questions round. First one of twenty twenty two. Matthew R. I missed him. Ready. I missed him. Missed him. Here we go. They're all NFL related. Obviously, wild card round. They're all going to be football related. My first question is about the rookies involved in the wild card round. You got Mac Jones, you got Jamar Chase, you got Najee Harris, Micah Parsons, Trevin, Trevon Diggs, a lot of, lot of other rookies. Those are the kind of the big ones that are involved. Which rookie do you think will have the biggest impact in the wild card round? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Micah Parsons. Okay. Just because how many different things the Niners are going to do, you know, motion wise, running wise, passing the ball wise, you know, where they give their playmakers the ball. I think he's going to be asked to do a lot just because he's, he's such a, I mean, he can play anything. He can play any position. So I think he's going to have to really step up and, and make an impact for the Cowboys. Okay, there you go. Micah Parsons doing a lot for the Cowboys this weekend. Okay, speaking of the Cowboys, we, we, we all agree that the 49ers are, are, are a possible upset and, and everybody's kind of picking them. And we have our questions about the Cowboys this season. My question for you, they might not happen this year, but will the Cowboys win a Super Bowl this decade? Oh man, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, no, no. Nah. Okay, fo- follow up. Will they make a Super Bowl this decade? Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, sure. they can make one. <laughs> oh gosh, no faith in the Cowboys. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I mean, Jerry Jones, as long as he's still general managing and owning, I don't have a lot of faith in him. There you go. Okay, and my last one. Obviously, we talked about how close these games are, even the ones that have large lines. So when I say the word upset, I don't mean upset like who's not expecting the win. I mean upset of the line. Um, so what are you expecting more of? More blowouts or more upsets in this wild card round? 
upsets just because it's the play. I mean, it's the playoffs, and I think uh, you know, you know that some are going to come, even if it's not the ones that we picked. It's somebody, somebody's going to surprise us. There's always some team that. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the you know we end up and in, in the Eagles or the Steelers pulled it out just because that's what the NFL playoffs is. It, it really is a, a, an absolute battle. So definitely upsets. There you go. All right. Well, everyone, it's been great being back in the new year. We came back right at the great time with these NFL coaching changes and the wild card round and the college football championship talk. Uh, we'll be continuing through 2022, keeping you posted. But once again, thank you for joining us. We'll update you guys next week on all the action that happened this weekend. And uh, remember to go on ColorCast. We'll be on there commentating uh, sometime in the near future. So get an account now and follow some other great sports personalities while you're watching it. And also, uh, you know, just you can tell us, are they good? Are they not? Probably we're better, but that's okay. You know, everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, Matt, it's crazy that we're better. (laughs) Matt, it's crazy we've been doing this three years, but I love doing it with you, man. And uh, we will continue to do that uh, in this in this new 2022. So that's it from us. You know, stay safe, you know, get boosted, you know, be a good person. And as always. Cheers, y'all.